Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you for checking out another brand new episode of the show. Today's feature singer-songwriter Joe Schaefer. Had a great time getting to meet Joe, talking about his brand new album, Level Best. And uh, this is a good, really good hang. It was covered a lot of ground on this conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. And uh, do want to remind you, as always, Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Roughneck Beard Company and American Rambler right here in St. Louis, Missouri, over in the Maplewood area on Manchester. Stop in and visit them there or shop 24-7 at roughneckbeardcompany.com. Use my code RPP15 for an exclusive 15% off your purchase, including all your favorite Beard oils, beard balms, junk powder, or uh, the Roughneck Beard Batter. Uh, all kinds of great products over there. Roughneck Beard Company is proud to present Roughneck Light. Finally, a lightweight beard oil that won't weigh you down in the hot summer months. Roughneck Light is formulated to have all the same benefits as our signature line with only half the weight. And it's got a cool, refreshing scent as well. Grab your bottle of Roughneck Light today at roughneckbeardcompany.com. And again, use that code RPP15 for 15% off. Also, big shout out to my friends over at Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri. Stop in and visit them for your uh, all your craft beer needs. Over 25 rotating taps and all kinds of delicious food. Uh, you got your burgers and nachos and flatbread pizzas and salads and all kinds of tasty things. And uh, you can also enjoy some great live music out there on the weekends. Uh, coming up for your Labor Day weekend entertainment, you can catch uh, Friday, September 2nd, Denver Wade Trent returns. Saturday, September 3rd, Mickey Scott. And on Sunday, September 4th, Denver Wade Trent re- returns again, a uh, double dose again this weekend for him. So come on out and grab a burger, a beer, and enjoy the patio and have a great time at Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri. Find all the information at friendshipbrewingcompany.com. You can find their uh, concert calendar, their beer menu, and food menu. And uh, be sure to tell them Shane sent you. All right, uh, that is it for me, everybody. If you need me, of course, you can always find me at rockpaperpodcast.com. Hit me up on the socials. Email me at rockpaperpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And uh, with that out of the way, sit back, relax, enjoy a brand new episode with Joe Schaefer. Um, podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> that's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. This is Joe Schaefer, and you are listening to Rock Paper Podcast with Shane Presley. Rock Paper Podcast. This is beat paper, paper covers rock. Rock beats is the Shane covers nonstop. Never know what new kind of guests that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot could be rock, folk, country, or hip-hop, jazz. All kind of folks that he has could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh on the Double Decker for 
Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero. He's your hero. He's your bestie. Rock, paper, podcast with Shane Presley. Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out today with Joe Schaefer. Welcome to the show. What's going on, Shane? Oh, man, uh, you know, it's uh, been a good uh, Sunday, and uh, I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, This is, you know, I I, I don't know, I, I feel like I keep saying it over and over, but uh, I do this uh, show a lot, and I love that I can. It continues to introduce me to new people uh, and making music in our town, and that's uh, the case today. Man, it's our first time getting to hang out. We we have some mutual friends and and uh, contacts, so it kind of helped uh, connect some of the dots for us. and And I'm glad they did. So we're hanging out here today and um, getting to getting to know a little bit more about what you've been up to. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here. Dude, the the people that you've had the pleasure to sit down with uh, just blows my mind. Um, you know, you got uh, Bob Bumblebee, Kamaski, and oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and such a such a long list of amazing players here in our town. And 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 my God, Radio Rich Dalton, yeah. give me a break, man. Yeah, that's ridiculous. He's yeah. he's like you know, guys our age, we all kind of grew up on uh, AOR format radio, and uh, he's he's the king. So you know, that's just amazing that you've been able to do what you're doing and thank you for shedding the kind of light that you're you're shedding on local music we oh, thanks, man. guys like me really appreciate it you know so i'm having a ton of fun doing it man getting like i said i get to meet a lot of really cool people and i feel like the show is uh is just a giant networking platform for me like it's me out meeting them and it's like always <laughs> i always joke that it's a lot easier to ask people to hang out when you have a show instead of just like, hey, you want to hang out and talk to me for an hour? And it's like, right. well, you, it just comes off a little less creepy when you have an actual show to put it on. So, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, I've been uh, I've been blessed, man. I feel fortunate that people want to be a part of it and that that people still listen. I mean, I've been I'm eight year over eight years now doing this, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm having time in my life doing this thing, getting to meet all kinds of people. So it's fun. Yeah, and and we we have a, the mutual connection in uh, Jeff Lee. Yeah, of course, the incredible Jeff Lee and his uh, Fire the Humans project. Yeah, Jeff's uh, been a great friend uh, for several years now, and um, I'm I'm glad we've got to know a lot more about each other and stuff. Just uh, getting to hang out. Uh, I've been I had uh, I had him a part of a big show I did in '18 uh, with the Poor that uh they we did like a risk for gifts uh toys for tots benefit thing we did and that was a ton of fun and then i love what he's doing now with fire the humans and uh, but yeah really talented guy yeah super super amazing vocalist and uh was i was fortunate enough to to coax him onto to the record yeah so my my new record um which just came out earlier this spring and i'm, I'm basically just kind of promoting that trying to get it out there um jeff and i uh, spent some time in the studio he helped me out with with uh you know he and i did some backing vocals together and then uh, we kind of do a, a little bit of a of a duet on uh, this time around um he's you know he's got such a such a gritty grindy kind of you know rock and roll voice uh just fit that tune really well and and he and i we've always see we go back actually all the way to high school and he was my best man in my wedding oh very cool yeah and, yeah. and we've always had kind of 
it's weird because we've had these parallel musical paths that we've always been on and we're always kind of like trying to spur each other on. Um, but we haven't really like done a lot of material together. It's in it, which is weird uh, knowing each other as long as we have and, and being as close to each respective project as we have been, we just haven't really collaborated a whole lot. So that was something um, that was something I really wanted to make sure happened on this record. I thought, you know, I got to get Jeff on here. So yeah, yeah. We, and we, we had a lot of fun doing it. So nice. Yeah. Uh, well let's drop in this time around. This is, uh, one I picked, uh, also one of my favorites off this record and, uh, one I liked at Jeff's on it, but also the harmonica, uh, sounds killer, man. I love, uh, that kind of, uh, in the bluesy kind of take to it, uh, on this particular song. Looks like your Amazon package is arriving. <laughs> uh that uh excellent uh but uh yeah that's this is definitely a lot uh kind of falls more into my taste i love some uh some good blues and rock and roll and and stuff so right on uh, really kind of touched on all that and sounded great man so um
are you on harmonica or who's yes playing? yeah nice. that's me nice, yeah man. and that's that's one of my uh one of my big passions for sure is is the the blues harp yeah Love it. oh yeah and I'll, I'll i'll tell you like kind of how that got started i started playing harmonica when i was probably 12 maybe something like that my my dad and and it, that actually this kind of ties back to the song that uh that i'm gonna play today as well um, my dad was an antique collector, is an antique collector, and he um, would always bring home crates full of vinyl. Like he'd just buy them, no clue what was in them. Mm-hmm. And it was one of my great thrills when he would bring those home. I'd spend several hours in the basement just oh, yeah. going through them and just throwing them on and listening to them. So I came upon um, a record by a guy named Sonny Boy Williamson, who is, for me, the king of all blues harmonica players. Yeah. He's the guy. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I sat there and it just melted my brain. I'm like, I have to know how to do this. <laughs> so I, and it's, it was like the dead of August and it was a hundred and whatever. And I jumped on my bike and rode several miles to the music store and bought a harmonica that afternoon. I'm like, I've got to figure this out. And I, I came back home and, you know, pretty much for the next several weeks, I spun the rest of the grooves completely off that record, <laughs> right? Trying to figure out how to get it to sound the way that he did, and uh, I, I, you know, that's that was kind of where that started, and uh, I'm, I'm, I really love doing it, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, paid off, man. It definitely uh, sounded great on this uh, recording, and uh, I'm excited to hear more of it, and because uh, yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm a sucker for uh, some good harmonica stuff too. My dad. Uh, I don't know. I guess he kind of got me into it. Uh, he played a little bit. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know, kind of jammed with bands. He never really had a band that he played with, but like he would uh, kind of whatever, if it was like a jam night or kind of thing or whatever. So he would just, but he played some blue stuff. He played in some bluegrass kind of things and uh, and uh, just, you know, enjoyed uh, sitting in with some different bands every now and then and and uh but yeah so i've always kind of had this uh been drawn to some harmonica and stuff so right on right on yeah but uh yeah uh yeah sunny boy uh, uh that's a, some, a good uh good start though for sure like especially as a as a young boy like kind of discovering those records like that that's one of my favorite things and uh about music is like that um these you know it's timeless that all this stuff lives on for you know it's like especially in in the vinyl format that to get to preserve this audio and these these uh you know memories that come with it and stuff getting to have that connection with your dad and everything and um i was uh uh he gave me my dad like i held on to a bunch of his records i think i ended up getting them back to him for right now but uh i held on to him for a long time and it's and that's the same thing it's like you get to really like kind of learn about somebody if from their records like what they're into That's you true. know for you know so it's like and uh so i'm i remember you know a lot of like skinnerd and zz top and a lot of the southern almond brothers and all this like southern rock stuff that's like real big uh part of my my youth and uh some of my early taste in music and still love all this stuff and oh yeah so it's cool to hear that your dad uh, kind of helped you introduce you to that as, at a young age and uh getting to learn all this great music 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of those, some of those album covers kind of get burned into your head too. Yeah. the artwork, like any, anything that had like moving pieces on it, like the Zeppelin three cover yeah. that had the little, the little spinning wheel on the right hand side, you could move. And then the, the, the pictures would change in the cutout. Like that was so, that was so mystical. To yeah. Me. Like, <laughs> I do. Uh, I do love that. Like, you know, f- fast forward to today, uh, there's still so many, um, greats putting out vinyl vinyl made a huge resurgence uh in the le- late last couple of years and like but that's one of my favorite things to see like the how people personalize it you know whether yeah um you know even from the record itself with like uh i have a couple of like uh with different you know patterns uh like blood blood splatter patterns or whatever you know different these different things and uh, i remember i was part of a a pre-order thing with uh, Rival Sons on their last record, or one one uh, not last one, a couple before, but it was like a you basically could personalize it to like a, almost a one of a kind of potentially. It was like you could all different colors, all these different patterns, and all whatever you wanted, and and so I thought That's that really was cool. really yeah, it was a fun be a part of the process as uh, is going as like. And uh, that they gave you so many options. Like, that's what I thought was really neat. Like, you know, a lot of people, like, maybe there's just, like, two or three or something sometimes. But, you know, like you said, you could basically pick whatever pattern and whatever color you wanted. And um, and then uh, I bought the, uh, like, gen- I, spent, I, meant the, I said blood. Like, I bought the Django Unchained soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And nice. It's, and it's uh, on vinyl, and it's uh, blood-filled. And, like, so, like, there was bl- <laughs> blood spinning all over the place yeah. inside the record. and. Um, no, that's somebody that knows his way around a soundtrack. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can like, never go wrong with one of his uh, soundtracks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's one thing I do appreciate. Like uh, he always uh, introduces me to uh, like some really cool stuff that I've never heard, and that's always a lot of fun to yeah that's, through those movies and soundtracks. That's the name of the game, man. That keeps you keeps you moving on to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, well, let's. Uh, you mentioned uh, this track. Let's uh, go ahead and throw Papa's Rock and Roll in. This is a live uh, acoustic take uh we did here in the living room and had some fun with this and uh i just love the uh lyrics you know the the imagery of it all like you're saying like this is you paint the picture pretty well earlier you know just like i said it being introduced to your dad's records and like uh and i feel like that's uh something that a lot of people you know can relate to and and um you know for me it was the same thing i told you my story it's like it's just fun to to you know imagine uh going back and being introduced to those records and uh i always and personally like i feel like that's always been a a big thing for me like something i think about like i i enjoyed that moment with my dad and like i look forward to someday be able to pass on my records to my kids and uh you know and hopefully they'll be singing this song and you know and so it's that whole thing that uh you know rite of passage kind of thing you know just like pass the torch yeah for sure yeah In a second hand fire sound Buried at the bottom And you never believe what I found Well you're never gonna give me the chance Just because it made your mama dance And you 
can't stand this sound, it's so cliche Sounds good to me, Papa's rock and roll sounds good to me. I know it's not the way it's supposed to be, but Papa's rock and roll sounds good to me. You're the next generation, and you're really gonna bring a new ground. It's the same old story, and the wheel keeps it rolling around. Never outrun the past. Time is gonna get you at last. Missile launchers play out on and on. Because Papa's rock and roll sounds good to me. Papa's rock and roll sounds good to me. I know it's not the way it's supposed to be, but Papa's rock and roll sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Papa's rock and roll 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 sounds good to me. I know it's not the way it's supposed to be, but Papa's rock and roll sounds Um, but this was uh this was cool man i really enjoyed this tune and um thank you anything else you need you want to add around papa's rock and roll is it um yeah i mean it's uh it's definitely everything you said but it it also um it's partially inspired too by you know there's a lot of people out there i think um in in modern popular music that try really really hard um, to kind of get away from their influences and not maybe let them show. Um, and I, I think for me anyway, and, and of course this is art, it's all very subjective, but I, I, I feel like there's a lot of artists out there right now that sort of try to do that because they don't want to be derivative, but then at the same time they sort of end up making music that doesn't really connect um, to to their past and they're not really giving influences their their due that they deserve if that makes any sense it, ultimately to me sometimes it can end up being pretentious in a way but um this is just kind of this song is really sort of a response to that i think so yeah i kind of get i mean like i get everybody wants to be original you know it's like i understand that and it's like and they're i feel like everybody goes through the same start where you're either doing covers or you're doing something that kind of sounds like who you've been listening to because that's who you've been influenced by. And it's like, and I think ultimately once you've been influenced by enough people and you put it all in a blender, it becomes you and your sound and your original sound and yeah and stuff. So that's it. Exactly. And I, I just, sometimes it's, it's just, you, you listen to some people and you feel like, well, 
maybe they tried to make that jump a little too early. Right. <laughs> like, don't be afraid to sound like who you love. Yeah. Because they're cool. Just and and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it should be. Sure. There's a. I know. You know. Speaking of like rock and roll and like even Led Zeppelin, I know like uh, that Greta Van Fleet uh, popped, and a lot of people kind of bashed them because they sound too much like Led Zeppelin. Right. And it is all original music, but it definitely sounds like a long lost Zeppelin record of some sort. For sure. Yeah. Um, you can tell they're heavily influenced by them. Uh, and, but I'm like, is that, is that really a bad thing when you sound like one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time? Right. Like, I mean, I was exactly. like, exactly. So, exactly. you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of both ways. I get like people, maybe you want to sound out a little different and they have now uh, expanded their sound, their new stuff's, uh, you know, less uh zeppelin you know right. so uh but um so i don't know i just like it's like i don't it doesn't sound like people like just especially on the internet yeah, everybody's got an opinion and then people like want to bash them about it and it's like i don't know like i like that sound like and the fact that zeppelin's not gonna do it again you know pot well you know i don't know i'm assuming they're not like they've pretty made it pretty clear that they're not robert plant is not really interested in doing that stuff right. and so uh so you know and it's especially original lineup you know we're not gonna ever have that so right uh but jason bonham's he's a badass in, in his own right yeah and, he's a monster <laughs> so it'd be uh it would be cool to see them all do it yeah uh, but, but you know if, if you if you're fortunate enough to be uh, a band that sounds like zeppelin that's right. um that's a pretty cool starting point yeah right right oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know um those guys are gonna those guys are gonna find their oh, you yeah. know their own originality and expand and grow and and do other things yeah. and that's they're that's also a natural like, path you know they're also like 20 years old right which is crazy like yeah they're I know that, well, maybe they're a little older now, but I know like when all that stuff was hitting, like they were teenagers. And yeah. so anyway, yeah, it's, it's wild to think about that. They're just getting started and they're already as good as they are. Like they're going to, you know, get better. And so I'm excited. I mean, like I said, but I get what you're saying. Like, it's just kind of, you know, some people want to shy away from their influences and others of just like fully embrace it. And yeah, it, it's, it's almost to a point and, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of really, really unbelievable players that are out there on on YouTube, and mm-hmm. you you see, you see these really young young kids out there doing ridiculously complex things on guitar, and like it's just, you know, they're they're, you look at it and you're just you're just mind blown by it, you know, and you go, that's really cool, but to some degree, have they sacrificed the musicality of things? Right. You know, and I I read an article from um, in Guitar Magazine where Steve Lukather, um, formerly from from Toto and, and such an unbelievable studio musician, kind of talked about that. And you know, it's it's great to do things that are really really technically advanced and difficult to do, but if you don't have a song at the heart of it, right, and you don't walk away with with something to hum or something that that touched your heart it kind of becomes almost like a circus trick, mm-hmm. you know, like, and, and, and it, it's, it's, you know, I would always encourage anybody to learn more and try to get, you know, your chops as good as you can get them always. But for me, the song's the boss. That's the beginning and the end of it. And if you don't have that, you're sunk. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's part of my general theory on, on rock and roll and music. But. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm with you, man. I feel like, uh, you know, your your big guitar solos and what drum whatever, you know, all this stuff is like it's all cool. You know, it's sounds great as a finished product, but if you strip all that away and you strip it down to just a guitar and a vocal and you know you can pull it off with like that that's when you know you got something you know you got that the the essentials of the bare bones of a a great song and stuff like i said it's all melody and it's all lyrics and stuff with that hook and uh and then all you you build it up from there and where you can make it this uh you know big you know thing so yeah but that's it exactly i'm a a fan of like just a, a a great song and a great lyric and um so yeah, I, like I said, I was telling, telling you a little bit about it, but I used to, for like three years, I did this uh, showcase, and it was just like that's essentially it. It's like I'm just a, a sucker for live acoustic stuff, and I, you know, doing it on this show or the showcase and everything else. I just enjoy hearing the uh, you know the stripped down versions of these songs and things. So right on, especially even like early, like again, like Papa's Rock and Roll here, and like early, you know, demos or you know just uh, acoustic versions of them before they've hit the st- you know a record and stuff before we even know what what it could be and stuff right i enjoy that too right like right being, right you know being involved in that process as this is like built up and things so yeah it's fun and that for me that's where it always always begins is with you know that acoustic guitar and and uh, uh you know pen and paper mm-hmm. and uh, i know a lot of people use their phones and things yeah. to capture lyrics but i i for me i still need a pen and paper <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, I'm with, I get, you know, it's all about that feel, you know, it's yeah. got to have something, it's got to have heart to it, it's got to have emotions in it, it's got to, you know, you know, otherwise you just, like I said, if you're not, a te- there's nothing to grab onto, but, you know, just, uh, it's just, you know, showing off eventually, like it just. Right. So. Right. Um, but yeah, man. Well, that, so, I don't know, I, being like in like a, I don't really know a lot about you, like, cause it was, uh. Well, I know we kind of jumped right in talking about the music and stuff, but uh, take me back. Like, uh, where's uh, where's it all get started for you? We St. Louis always been home for you. Yeah, yeah. Born and born and bred. Yeah. Um, uh, Belleville, actually, Belleville mm-hmm. guy. Um, and uh, the early musical endeavors over there. Um, you know, we used to play at a place called the Three One Three, and um, I had a band together uh, when we were about eighteen called uh, Toast and Jam. And uh, we were, as the name would imply, we were pretty pretty jammy. Yeah, you know, like we there was a there was a very healthy um, Grateful Dead thing happening at that time around town. I mean, there still is, obviously. There's sure. always going to be a market for that because it's cool. But I don't I don't know if that's like uh, just a, a St. Louis thing or what. I don't know. I don't know if every city has their like community like that. I'm sure, but like I feel like St. Louis probably has more like Grateful Dead tribute bands than like probably anyway like, is there, probably. We, there's a lot of people heavily influenced by by the dead here in, in uh, the area so yeah yeah so so we were kind of a part of that and then um uh another um mutual connection jimmy tebow yeah who you had on the yeah. show we we knew him pretty well and he had a side project going um called kerosene willie uh late 90s thing that was popping about the same time we were and we had the great pleasure to do a, a two night engagement at um, the legendary Mississippi Nights, and we opened up for uh, for Jimmy Tebow and and Kerosene Willie, 
And uh, that was just, that was really fun. You know, the house was full and yeah. just to be in that room and on that stage and, and play there was, was really, really cool. And, and I had a little um, uh, funny story about Jimmy too. And we were setting up, I've got this little tiny crate amp that's got like one, I think it's maybe a, a 10 inch speaker in it or whatever. And it's just like my harmonica uh, amp. It's a little tube amp and it's crate. And I was setting that up on stage and Jimmy was he just like freaked out about that amp he's like oh my god he's like whose amp is this i'm like it's mine and he's like dude he's like i know the guy that designed this amp because crate used to be built in st louis yeah. those amps were he's like i know the guy that designed this thing he's like this amp is legendary i'm like oh that's cool man uh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah jimmy um he's uh another guy of just like been lucky enough to become friendly with over the years now and like and, and we did that one on the that podcast and like i don't know i was uh really enjoy it. that was one i just hit record on like i sat back just and let like, him I mean, go yeah he's got he's got a lot of stories and yeah. uh and it was just uh and he was he knew exactly what people wanted to hear and all everything else and just uh went ahead and shared a lot of uh great stories and like that was just a, a, f- a fun day just like to sit back and listen and yeah so. he's a cool guy to listen to and to yeah. talk to for sure but yeah. um so yeah i mean really getting going right out of high school playing um with with that band and uh, at a certain point um i just i kind of stepped away from it i i you know i i really respect and, and like that kind of music but i felt at a certain point um you know my my style was kind of developing into something else. Um, you know, something that was a little bit more, um, a lot of my songs are between like two and a half and three minutes. And, and like, I really kind of wanted to get to a point where I could perform song craft within that kind of space, you know what I mean? And have a lot of dynamics and movement in the, in the songs. And, um, so, you know, I did a lot of solo, uh, playing just around town it's it's always been something that that has been um in my life like i've i've there's never not been a time that i wasn't working on something and the songs keep coming you know it's it's kind of um i, I couldn't not write music if i wanted to like it's it's a, a piece of my psyche and and keeps me from from losing my mind frankly yeah. <laughs> so were um you, were you writing originals in toast and jam and yes. stuff then too yeah 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 it was you know it was a collaborative thing right. but i i was i was bringing s- some solo stuff to it that we would do um so yeah i mean we we had some things that were that were really we knew that were just kind of collaborative open-ended jam things right. and then and that was really kind of it. Like f- the further we got into that project, the more of those kind of things I was bringing to the table, you know, and like I didn't want a seven and a half minute bridge in it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, that this, that doesn't work here. Right. Like, I don't, I don't want that there. <laughs> so, um, you know, amicably, um, I sort of, uh, stepped away and, and, sure. and, uh, you know, took it a different path, but, um, and I had a trio together for a little while called cylinder three. Um, uh, with the great Eric Kent and uh, Jeremy Jeremy Phillips on bass, and and we kind of did like a little bit of a power trio thing, and you know we had some we had some really good um, momentum going. Um, we uh, we were uh, featured on eighty eight one a couple times uh, with Fishing with Dynamite, the great Fred Friction, yeah. also another music legend around yeah. town. He liked us a lot and and uh, got us in some venues and. Um, we had a lot of fun and, and things were just getting to a point where we, we were, we felt like the boulder was about to go over the hill 
And um, unfortunately, our bass player had to had to move out of town. Hmm. So that was kind of the end of that. And then, you know, really, I've just been flying solo since then because it's, you know, once you get to that certain point in life and everybody's grown ups, it's like you try to get a band practice together yeah. with four grown ups. It's like herd and cats because right. there's soccer games, there's this, there's that, there's whatever. And it's like, you know, I just eventually went, all right it's probably more efficient for me as an artist if if I'm just, you know, banging these tunes out and I'm going to follow my own path. So um, that, and ultimately, that's kind of what led me to um, the record, to Level Best, was I just kept throwing these songs on the pile, you know, and then I'm, I'm going out and I'm playing coffee shows, co- uh, coffee houses and, and solo gigs like that. And I, I'm, you know, I just, listening to what I was doing, I'm like, you know, this stuff really does need to be fleshed out. Like, there needs to be players around me because I can hear things right with the songs that other people can't because it's just me solo you know i'm like i have other ideas for this stuff so i really just kind of filtered through and picked out what i felt were my 11 best at the time hence the the title level best <laughs> and and i went okay like i'm gonna go into the studio and i'm gonna i'm gonna get the best players that i can get and put them around me and i'm i'm gonna build this thing and i spent the better part of three years putting this together um and uh, Red Pill Entertainment. Um, I can't say enough about Jacob Dietering, my producer over at Red yeah. Pill. Whew, my God. I've heard his name mentioned uh, before on the show with other some other groups. So, yeah, and like, uh, I don't know him personally, but, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of his work. And yeah, he, and he, he's, uh, he produces Sunvolt. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's worked with um, uh, Bonnie Raitt a little bit in the past. Oh, very cool. But he's just, I mean, I've never... I've never worked with anybody that has the ability to sort of like tell you where your holes are at and what you need to do better Mm -hmm. in, in such a constructive way. You know, sometimes people can do that and it comes off as like, you you know, you feel deflated or like almost offended or whatever. But, you know, Jacob's got this way of, of explaining things to you and like, you know, this could be better in this place and, and here's why. Right. You know, so you can, you can take it and really internalize it and learn from that and grow. And, and, uh, and he's a fantastic musician in his own right too. So, um, it was just, it was a great, great collaboration with Red Pill. Um, I let him hear all the demos first and then he and I kind of discussed what, what I was after for the general sound of things. And he just, he got it, you know, he like, he really vibed with what, what I was shooting for. Um, and it was, it was just a great experience all the way through it. So, yeah, man. Well, uh, level best available on your band camp, correct? Yes, you can get it on Bandcamp. Um, the digital download, I think, is seven bucks. And then, um, for those of you who like such things, I do have physical product. I have CDs. If you're into that, um, you can you can buy them on Bandcamp, and uh, you know I'll mail them out to you. Uh, and then I'm dropping each one of these individual songs on Spotify as singles, um, just because that's kind of the way you do it now, I guess. All right. <laughs> so, uh, and the uh, the next one that's coming out should be August 29th. It's going to be uh, Dresden, uh, Little Twister. Yeah, man. What, uh, so tell me about this one. This one's uh, a little different than uh, some of the others on the record, but this, I get, uh, and I was also kind of just curious about the title and why uh, it's the only one with the, uh, a slash in the middle. Yeah, yeah. So that one has kind of an interesting backstory to it, um, and, and it's a pretty personal one, and it's usually that's kind of how I write. You know, I, I don't, um, I don't tend to write a lot of songs that are really not very not per- i mean i guess most people write personal songs but but i try to make them about things in my life that really matter to me so um my my sister 
um, was in a in a relationship with uh, a, a good guy, but a guy that had some problems, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a long drawn out relationship, and she needed to kind of get out of it, and and there was drama there, and and um, um, honestly, he he kind of had devised a plan in his head where uh, it was going to be a, a murder suicide. Um, she was going home to pack her stuff up and get out of there. And he was waiting with a handgun. Jeez. Yeah. And um, fortunately, um, she went into the house and she had a friend with her. And her friend knew what was going on, you know, because he was, she could see him and he had, he had the pistol and was ready to do some, some damage. So she, uh, her friend that was with her grabbed her and pulled her out of the house. And then they heard the gunshot from outside. And um, obviously, you know, he he did what he did. Um, and it was needless to say, it was it was an extremely difficult time for her and and for our family. She was yeah. in a she was in a really, really dark place. Um, and I I'm an avid reader as well. I love I just love words. I just love them, obviously. <laughs> um, but I, I my favorite author is Kurt Vonnegut. And I was reading uh, Breakfast of Champions at the time. And there's a passage in that book where he describes um, the bombing of Dresden by, by the Nazis in World War II. And it was just this haunting three, four page um, passage where he explains what the city looked like before the bombing. And then he, he, he just, you know, he explains this moonscape you know, the skeleton of a city that's left there just in rubble. And, and so this was all going on, you know, the situation with my sister was happening at the same time that I was sort of reading this book and that passage was rolling around in my head. And I ended up sort of, you know, the, that passage became a metaphor for my sister's emotional experience in that moment. So, um, that that instrumental lead in on the beginning of it is 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 Dresden. It's supposed to be you know basically a metaphor for her drawing on that piece from Vonnegut, and then obviously the 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 main body of the song. I called it Little Twister because at that time she was you know she was kind of all over the place and and um, you know always fun, but you know kind of um, left a, left a trail of destruction sometimes. <laughs> God bless her. Um, but you know, it, I, the main body of the song is really meant to be kind of a rally cry for her coming through that situation. Um, and then there's, uh, also a little, uh, Easter egg, uh, for Vonnegut fans coming into the third verse where I said, the man says, so it goes. And, uh, so it goes is a line that he uses over and over in that book. The main character says it, um, usually when somebody has died in the book. So um, and that's kind of, you know, I, I don't know that anybody would be able to pick that out if I didn't mm. tell you, but yeah. <laughs> um, that's usually just kind of how I write. So, um, yeah, that's the, that's the story of that song. So. Yeah, man. Well, thank you uh, for sharing that. And- yeah.
like that uh there's a lot of the personal stuff that you know obviously everybody writes from a i think probably the best stuff writes from a personal place like that and stuff but it's it stinks to hear that uh it was pretty uh pretty tough one there to yeah it was it was a tough time yeah but um what i what i try to do is i try to take scenarios like that and then you know understand that everybody is everybody's dealing with something in their life, mm-hmm. you know? So there are always translatable messages in those moments that, that everybody can, can lean on, you know? And I, the, the, the hook in that song, you, you've cried enough. I'm pretty sure we all have, yeah. you know? So while it, while it is extremely personal, I, that's kind of my thing is I, I try to write really personal, but I try to write universal and relatable to everybody yeah, sure. at the same time. So, right. Yeah, man. I, uh, it's uh it's it's for me as a fan and uh as you know just a, a listener when i when i hear some of these songs and uh you know i don't even know always the story behind it but sometimes i just gravitate to certain songs right and sometimes you like to know the story sometimes you you create a, your own story and some you know in the way you interpret lyrics and things and, yeah and um but uh, I don't know. There's one uh, for for me. Uh, there's a guy, uh, Tyler Childers, uh, that I became a big big fan of. Uh, at first, I really didn't get it. Like I don't know something about his voice. Just kind of I just didn't didn't click at the first listen. Mm-hmm. But I kept hearing his name, and uh, I ended up giving a revisit, and and then I really focused in on the lyrics, uh, and that's when I like everything fell into place. Like really, he's got a beautiful way with words and uh there's a song um that he has called virgie and i don't know man it really just uh one of those that just like spoke to me like there's at the right time and the right you know it's just like everything was fell clicked it was weird like how like it's a song i'd kind of heard but like all of a sudden like um so uh, my mom got sick and I had uh, brain cancer in in, oh, wow. in June of 2019. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was uh, and it was it was uh, obviously incredibly difficult and uh, and she uh, she passed in December of 2019 and uh, but there was uh, so the, sorry man. Yeah, thank you, man. It was uh, there but there was lyrics, there was words in those lyrics uh, where he's like. Uh, and I don't know, just like paint the picture exactly what me and my brother were going through. Like, uh, and, uh, where there's like even a line where she says, uh, you know, boys be good or something. It was like, and just kind of, it just, uh, felt like, uh, they were carrying her up to the mountains to rest and stuff. And like, kind of yeah. thing. it was just like, all this was like right at the end of my mom's life. And I was just like, damn, man, like, it was just like 
wrecked me when I first started it. And like it says, it's like, I don't know. So it's so it's cool when you find these songs, even if they are incredibly difficult and sad moments and stuff. When you find songs where it sounds like um, almost somebody's telling your story, or these lyrics could be something I wrote or whatever, you know, it's right. like those are those are really cool when you have that. Even if somebody you've never met, you know, whatever, you have that personal connection somehow yeah. with them. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's to me. That's that's totally it. That's the that's like the highest function of music, as far as I'm concerned, is is just you know connecting one human being to another right. you know and it's it's it, it, i think that in some ways it's kind of like you're just you know you want to remind people that we're all going through it together and yeah. that nobody's alone in their experience you know that's the greatest thing if you 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 get you go to a concert and you can get 30,000 people together right and and they all come together over one song and a set of lyrics like that that's that's basically just reminding each other that we're all human and you know we are connected and you don't have to do this alone you know people understand what you're going through mm -hmm. you know if you music has an ability to do that in a unique way that nothing else does and that's you know that that's sacred and special for sure mm -hmm. yeah i do feel like um there's a lot of that like i feel like sometimes just natural i feel as we're going through some of these things with it's easy to feel like you're going through it alone a lot and uh even if you're even if you have family and friends and everybody, it's just still like just natural for it to feel like uh oh, this i'm i'm the one only one like going that knows what's going but like and then you have these moments where it's like the other people are telling stories the exact same thing you realize that we are all the same we are all connected like that and it's just like yeah it's cool to have those moments like that, and um, I've even heard like I've been, I listened to this podcast called the uh, the Honeydew, and uh, Ryan Sickler hosts it, and he interviews a lot of various celebrities and comedians and different things. But they all like kind of share their uh, the tagline is highlighting the low lights, and it's all these like really difficult times in their life, and and uh, I don't know. So even that is like it, it was kind of been therapeutic in a sense for me like to, sure. to hear some of their stories even if they're like you know really difficult but they're but people uh, i mean obviously they're comedians they they make jokes about it and that you there's a lot of laughs uh through it um but uh you know you realize like again like sitting here and hearing these stories uh it's just like man we are we are all the same so yeah we are for sure yeah but uh and that's what i do feel like when especially when you go to a concert uh that like i've often uh talked about how i, I like to go to a lot of concerts by myself just because it's as you mentioned getting the band together and everything else it's same same things as uh, i've been trying to get some of my friends to go to concerts and they you know they got uh you know babies or whatever or work or whatever you know there's yeah. there's a hundred excuses and stuff when i get it like but i'm like well i'm going and so I get i got tired of buying the second ticket and letting go to waste so i was <laughs> like i'll just buy my own ticket and and then I get to talking and I realize like I meet these people and like we're all there for the same band so we already have something in common so we start talking and and it eventually it's uh, I've met people now you know going to enough shows and talking and I end up meeting them and running them at other shows and and they become actual friends now and stuff and it's yeah, just like it's awesome um, so it's fun that uh, music is a great uniter like that yeah so that's why we need it now more than ever. Yeah, that's why we're here today. And music brought yeah, us together. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, you um, 
Uh, like I said, the record uh, is level best available on the Bandcamp page, and you can uh, get your you can stream it there. You can download it digitally, or you can get physicals uh, mailed to your house from Joe. Uh, I wanted to highlight another track uh, with uh, that I that I caught that caught my ear and uh, called "Prove It Every Day," and this was uh, fun for me. I don't know. I don't know if it was any uh, an influence at all, but I feel like. Uh, I feel like kind of like a little Elvis or something of that era, like kind of coming through on this one of like kind of that rock and roll with the, especially with some horns in there. And, uh, yeah, and you, even like you kind of get in, uh, you, you manipulate your voice a little bit more on this one where it's like a little deeper and like in the, uh, so I feel like, uh, that's just where my mind started going as I'm listening. I'm like, and it felt good, man. I like the horns on it. I like the lyrics a lot too. Um, especially like, uh, you know, just, uh, I'm we're we're, uh, we're going on uh, September will be our eighth wedding anniversary, and I feel like this is kind of like uh, a good message to a lot of uh, couples. Like sometimes, yeah. some sometimes you got to prove it every day that you're you know it's like yeah, just remind them like why you're why you're there and stuff. So. Yeah, man, you're 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 dead on the nose, right? Right with everything you said on yeah. it. You know, it's like that's it's one of uh of many songs that uh that i wrote for my wife uh and uh yeah that's that's what it's all about you know sometimes it's like it's hard to keep going and you you know work sucks or whatever and it's like you know blah, this and that you get bogged down with everything but then you you know you got to remember you know like that's that's what i'm trying to do you know i'm trying to trying to prove it every day mm-hmm. you know that that i'm i'm committed and and you know this is us and we're doing this yeah. you know so Every day, yes I will. Oh yeah. 
to your darling now For showing me the way Well, the sun is shining on us It's gonna be a better day We got a lot of life ahead of us to live I'm counting on or giving all I got to give And I'm satisfaction guaranteed And I got just what you need Feeling stronger But you know, as far as the musical influence, yeah, you're you're right on it. Um, that was that was that song is like my love letter to Memphis. Yeah, you know, like at, that's um, some kind of combination of uh, of uh, Johnny Cash and, and Otis Redding. Um, you know, I had I had Stax records on my mind when I when I was getting after that one. So, yeah, 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 man. Well, I, well, I went too far off then, I guess, uh, with the <laughs> Elvis. But uh, you know, it's definitely a. Uh, channeled some of that too oh uh, yeah it wasn't quite stacks but it was uh yeah no he's yeah he's in there for sure yeah i put a little peanut butter and banana yeah. sandwich yeah. on that one there you go man <laughs> uh yeah i uh i don't know it's funny especially having the having the sharing a last name with him like i i get it every now and then people will be like you know asking if i'm related or you know or something and then if I, or if i sing a little bit i said i was just i don't sing but i Every now and then, I was saying, I was saying something at work the other day, and she's like, "You know, you sound, that sound pretty good. You might be related to it." And I'm just like, "All right, whatever." You know, just, <laughs> it's one of those. I, I feel like people because you have the last name, they just like uh, once I hear it, like, "Oh yeah, you kind of look like him" or whatever. I'm like, "I don't, I don't think I look like him." But once you hear the name, then it's like you know, that just immediately the association comes right. up and stuff. So sure, um, but uh, it is it is kind of fun to think about though i don't i don't think i'm I, my my aunt did break it down for me one like she's all about the family tree lineage and stuff yeah. and she's got it all 23 and me and yeah yeah so i think we are like i don't know what fifth cousin something i don't know whatever it is it's pretty far off but right it's uh some she had it like she told me the whole thing like there was like three Two, two or three, I think three brothers come from Europe, and one is my side of the family, and another brother is Elvis's side of the family or something. So I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah. Huh? It was, it was, uh, so yeah, I mean, it was kind of, it's cool to know that we are somewhere down there, but it's just like, again, it's like, I always joke that I'm not close enough to get any of the money, so it's like, right. You know, yeah. I'm not, not I, even like a free trip to yeah, Graceland right, or anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> I did go to Graceland once, but not for free. We had to we had to pay to get in. But yeah, we did too. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, don't you know who I am? <laughs> We're fifth cousins, and yeah. Um, nah, I. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, man, uh, this uh, level best sounds real good, man. I really uh, enjoy this record, and uh, so it was cool to get to uh, give it a spin on the way over. Getting getting to come over here and hang out with you, and uh, and uh, so if you. Uh, like what you hear uh, again uh, check it all out on Bandcamp um, or coming soon to uh, streaming service uh, for you and uh, like I said Joe's 
going to release um, that uh, little twister on the tw- what? What was twenty eighth? I think twenty ninth. The twenty ninth going to be yeah. So keep coming soon. Uh, we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, and uh, but yeah, man. So yeah, and you can also find Joe Schaefer on your Instagram. So if you want to get plugged in socially, you can find him there. And but I got a couple questions I've been uh, asking and uh, get your take on some of these. Uh, just uh, well, most of them are pretty ridiculous, but they're <laughs> they're fun to think about. Yeah, fire away. But uh, all right, day uh, comes along, and then we have a uh, Joe Schaefer action figure. What do you? What would you like to see uh, as your like three accessories to go with your action figure? Ooh, um, that's a great question. Um, I would probably say a guitar, harmonica, and a microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty simple. Uh, there's a uh, not, not the not the crate uh, amp. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. might be a good one too. Yeah, yeah. we could switch out the uh, uh, the mic maybe for the for the crate. There yeah. you go. What's uh, what's your? Do you have a uh, uh, harmonica preferences? Do you have like a? Um, you know, I've I've uh, I think I've played just about all of them. Um, I I'm still pretty much a honer guy. You know, um, I like the special twenty. It's got uh, it's got good strong reeds in there. You can bend them up pretty good, and and they'll 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 stand the test. So, and they're not super expensive either. I've I've had some like high end ones, and it's like when you when you blow a reed out in a harmonica, there's not a lot you can do with it. You have to throw it away. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the the Honer twenty is is kind of home for me. Yeah. yeah, was that? And then like uh, you. Uh you have like an effect on it uh for for the re- for like uh this time around is that like uh, use pedals uh for that i guess or uh so that is um the classic uh, uh harmonica microphone and it's called the green bullet mm-hmm. and there's uh you know all the really really uh, great chicago blues guys most of them that, that weren't like the country blues guys but once you got them in the 50s most of those dudes played a green bullet mm-hmm. and it, it's it basically just sort of you know distorts your uh your signal um it's it's got a resonator like in the coil in the in the in the face of it and uh, uh there's there's various different versions of it out there um sure made one um really really early on in the in the late 40s early 50s and i don't think they were actually made for harmonica but they that's what they became so um but yeah i've i've always loved that that gnarly fuzzed out yeah. you know hairy crunch of of that green bullet so yeah man yeah that's that's kind of my that's my um my harp rig is you know just get get the green bullet crank that baby up and then run it through a tube amp and let it rip yeah there you go uh all right what about a um fictional band you would love to to see live uh, like um any from anybody from movies or TV uh, that you ever hmm. been a fan of? A f- like a fictional band? Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. It was a little, I, it's funny. Like it's something you don't really think about. There was a, there's a ton of them though. Like once you do start uh, going down the list, like uh, even uh, even like uh, Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Oh, <laughs> dude! Yeah, I think you just yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Actually, that's well, that's the one I would want. I would. Yeah. Be cool. I'd, I'd love to sit in with Doctor <laughs> yeah, Teeth. Right. That'd be killer. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny you say that, like fictional band. Like I, I, I've always had this idea in my head that you, you could, you could, I have the, a name for this band that doesn't exist. Um, Jack Hammer and the Bent Steel Band. Yeah. Um, but the joke would be, 
that every time you played out, that Jack Hammer could never make the show. <laughs> right. Like, you would just be the Ben Steele band, and you just have to apologize for yeah. me. Jack can't make it tonight. <laughs> really sorry, whatever's going on with him. There'd be something different every gig. Sure. But you'd never actually see Jack Hammer. Yeah. And that way, you're not responsible f- if people don't like you. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, this is all Jack stuff. It's yeah. not... I didn't... You know, we just play his... This is his set list. It's not mine. Yeah. So, you take it up with Jack. So. <laughs> yeah. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it'd be fun to see what, all the different creative ways to why Jack couldn't be there. Yeah. You mm-hmm. could write a whole narrative around that guy. Yeah. <laughs> the legend of Jack Hammer. Right. Uh, I feel like there's a, like a lot of that, like a, um, there was like a period there where we were doing like uh, those um, like Chuck Norris jokes. Like, oh, all, yeah. You know, like just uh, that kind of thing. It's yeah. like, and just like the, you just build up the legend of Jack Hammer. Yes. Like just keeps getting. He would, he would be like a Bill Brasky <laughs> yeah, character. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just think uh, that would be fun. <laughs> like, uh, all right. Uh, speaking of uh, movies and TV, is there, uh, and you've maybe even books uh, since you, you said you like to read a lot, uh, is there a movie or a TV show you wish you were in? Is there a certain, like, a. Uh, world or uh or something that you uh like think that joe would be a good fit in there well i i don't know that i would necessarily be a good fit but um you know i had an awful lot of uh fantasies about being a jedi that's for sure yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah so yeah that 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 would be my universe for sure if i could be in one right yeah, I just think uh, there's something fun to think about. Like, I mean, these uh, obviously that's uh, that's a big one. Yeah, uh, and I got one for you. Yeah, I know I'm. You're interviewing me. I'm not supposed to be asking you <laughs> questions, but this is. I like this one. If someone was going to play you in a movie, who would that be? Sure, uh, that's actually one of my I, on the list. I ask. Do I you have that on there? Yeah, nice. I. Uh, it's. Uh, I don't know, man, because that's like a. It's a, it's a weird thing. I I feel like there's a. There's like certain people that i kind of look alike you know like uh um but i don't know i'm not uh not entirely sure i feel like um maybe like a a, a guy like a seth rogan or something i could see that maybe that size like, you know he, he might and might be able to you know do that something like that i don't know i feel like there's a couple guys around like my build that could probably fit the uh physical um attributes but yeah i think you're on the money there with yeah. seth rogan he's got a deeper voice too and could uh so maybe that's uh maybe that's the one yeah i feel like we're probably close in age too so that wouldn't but i guess it depends on what era we're we're talking about when you know there might be a couple different machines that maybe you just get a bunch of different uh people to play different parts of me the different uh parts of my life right yeah like the uh the bob dylan movie right yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, which he, was awesome. Yeah, I think that's kind of fun. It was always like, a fun take to see like stuff like that. Like you know, um, you know, just who is it? We all have different. We all have, like all these different layers, especially Dylan. I mean, he's got a lot of different versions of him. So, yeah, um, yeah. That I think that was called "I'm Not There," wasn't yeah, it? I yeah, think that was the title of that. That was fantastic. Man. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I uh, let's see. Uh, do you do any celebrity impressions? Uh, no, no. <laughs> hardly ever. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, 
that that's um i i do some um not great impersonations yeah but I, yeah i wish i could think of a couple of them off off the cuff that i do yeah our voices are just funny to me like that like uh i'm i'm big on uh cartoons and uh you know voice acting stuff like i just find uh but uh you know being able to like me- I mimic somebody's voice or you know pick up on those I, I feel like i can do i could like those you know that you have your your staple kind of character voice that you you got your you know whether it's uh walking or schwarzenegger or what you know some right. there's some of those uh pretty standard uh ones and then like uh, but to actually pick up on like the uh essence of something like where you start really like finding those like little things that they say those are some of my favorite when you impressions like when they you know some people really are have a keen ear for, for yeah. it and all. i actually i did think of one i did think of one yeah and it's kind of a weird one like not i don't know of anybody that really does it but um let's see if you can figure out what this is all right whoa doc what the hell is a gigawatt? <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, old Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah. Fruit, fruit, please. <laughs> that uh, I listen to. There's another podcast I listen to a lot. Uh, Fly on the Wall. Okay. Um, David Spade and Dana Carvey. Right. And, and they talk a lot of SNL stories and and Spade actually does a pretty pretty solid Michael J. Fox. Oh, that's so, a, I'll have to check that uh, out. And it, uh, but yeah. It's, is you know basically just marty mcfly voices uh you know lines and stuff so um but yeah it, it's a good show if you get uh if you're into that that stuff i mean it's i'll check it out they've had all kinds of greats on there and but it's fun i, lo- I really enjoy those uh snl stories in that era that from the you know especially there with those guys like they're just uh was that was my big introduction was all the uh farley spade sandler you know that era and, oh yeah and uh that's the good stuff yeah so i was a uh, big fan of that all those guys and and then i continue to watch the show but i still i have you know since done my homework and learned all about the uh the other years with uh you know belushi and Aykroyd and yeah and all that stuff so um but yeah it's fun to they get uh I've had a couple of different people, like even Tom Hanks, like it was not a cast member, but he's been a huge part of the show as a, as a host and stuff too. So right. it's fun to hear those stories. Um, all right. Uh, what about, uh, going back to music, what about a dream duet or collaboration? Is there a certain, uh, somebody you'd like to get in the studio with or, uh, write a song with or anything like that? Yeah. I, that's so hard. Um, besides Jeff Lee. Yeah. <laughs> um boy can can i give like a 1a and a 1b yeah we can do whatever so i mean yeah. it's, it's um, a dream we can we can help. i would probably have to say 1a for me would be elvis costello and i would probably have to give the 1b to jeff lynn mm-hmm. from elo yeah. frontman from elo i just just adore that guy's his voice his the the songwriting and the the production style it's just it's uh you know it's it's hard to explain how good that is <laughs> yeah he's a guy like i i didn't you know i kind of missed uh all of it you know i'm yeah, i'm born 85 so like it's stuff i had to learn afterwards but um and it's and elo is like one of those groups that like you kind of 
you know all these songs even though they're not like all mega hits or whatever like you know it's kind of thing so like um, my buddy uh jeff's uh been doing a um elo tribute here in town and oh wow uh, mr brightside and they and they recreate all this stuff live they got uh you know uh string section and uh horns and all you know keys and stuff whatever like what or maybe not horns but uh, uh keys and synthesizer stuff and like uh but anyway just like a, a nice big band and they recreate the sound live and it's really cool and but like when you're going through like you know a two-hour set list of all the ELO, you're like, oh yeah, I know this one. Yeah, I know this one. They just keep coming. Yeah, it's like, right. So then you, uh, you realize, like, yeah, they really were awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but he's, uh, you know, again, like as I went on to continue to research some of his stuff, learning a little more. I'm like, yeah, he's it's it's he's got an, quite the impressive catalog and uh, and what he's that music that he was able to create and stuff is, you know, it definitely has like a, his own stamp on it. It's all, you yeah. know, it's definitely you, a Jeff Lynn sound. You know it immediately when you hear it, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And I was um, lucky enough to see, um, see them a couple of years back in Chicago when he was touring ELO, Jeff Lynn's ELO. Yeah. And that just blew my mind. Like it, it's, it's so far exceeded my expectations. And then the, the cherry on the cake was um the opener was a band called dawes do you know dawes uh i know the, i mean i've seen their name but i don't know much a whole lot about Ooh, them my goodness yeah. so good like t- uh, taylor goldsmith who is the the front man for that band to me i think if you're going to talk about and obviously you know i'm i'm influenced by a lot of older musicians but uh, if you're going to talk about anybody that's been active in writing in the last 20 years for right. me taylor goldsmith is the best like he's incredible for in the, the whole deal lyrics um the melodies the 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 way the songs are produced everything dawes is is just mm-hmm. a fantastic band yeah i want to go, go do some work and check it out um what what is it about uh elvis is that uh we did uh is that elvis costello that yes. is uh is that um just introduced to his is his writing or the music or what's uh um, what do you really connect to there's several things about him I think um, that I that I connect with. Um, I, I had somebody explain him to me one time many many years ago before I got into him as being some sort of a natural melodic extension of where the Beatles were headed, and the Beatles. I mean, everything begins and ends with the Beatles for me. You know, like that's forget it. You know, but. Um, when it was put into that context and I started to listen to him, I'm like, yeah, I can hear that. You know, the Beatles ended in 70 and then, um, Elvis Costello showing up in the latter part of that decade, but it, it, it feels like melodically and, and where the Beatles were headed, it feels like they kind of left some unfinished work as a band. Obviously they all had their, their solo stuff, which was amazing in its own right, but you just kind of always wonder where would this have gone mm-hmm. had they stayed together through that decade, you know? And I think that Elvis Costello somehow connects back to that. Um, I don't know where or, or where that overlap is at, but it's in there somewhere. Um, I think that he's in his collaboration with um, Paul McCartney later on, those who wrote a little bit together. I think in some ways he almost, I don't want to say filled in for John Lennon because that's not possible, but there was there was some parallel there, there that made sense. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of things I really love about Elvis. One that that melodic piece that we're talking about, I think that connects back to the Beatles. But he's also got this this 
snarl and this edge to some of his lyrics. Um, and he's extremely uh, witty and, and sardonic. Um, and he can be tongue-in-cheek and funny in moments. And he manages to do a lot of things lyrically that that other pop musicians just can't do. Hmm. Um, there, he, he gets into places, um, I think, emotionally um, and taps into stuff that you, you, there's just not a lot of people. There's no one like him, you know. So, um, and the other thing I kind of vibed with is that they they joke uh, among his peers and among his band about him being a lousy guitar player, uh, right. <laughs> which is obviously not true. Yeah. Um, I think he's got some kind of nickname like uh, Old Concrete Hands or something like that. <laughs> like, he, but um, which you know, there are moments where I sort of vibe with that. I'm like, yeah, like. You know, I, I get the fact that I'm not exactly playing like soaring leads, and there's reasons for that. Um, uh, but uh, so, yeah, some of the way he approaches the instrument, yeah, um, I think is similar to what I do. Like, it's more about the chordal composition and finding interesting um, um, chord combinations, much more so than it is the 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 speed of the playing or the attack or the accuracy of, of any of that. And, um, you know, I, I can do some of that kind of thing, but it's like not really home base for me. You know, I think it's, it's, again, it always goes back to that thing of the song is the boss, the, the overall picture of what you're trying to do emotionally in the tune, um, is more important to me sometimes than, than how flashy the playing is. Right. And I think I kind of connect with, with Elvis on that level as well. Yeah, man. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I don't, I really don't know a ton of Elvis Costello stuff, so maybe I'll have to go do some homework there too. Yeah, and, uh, start, start with My Aim is True. Yeah. Like his first record, just start there. Okay. And it, the pieces will all fall in place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, uh, mentioned in Beatles, man, I was, uh, had to kind of bite my tongue the other day. Uh, I was at the grocery store and I, I walked in on a conversation between, the cashier and the, the the girl helping her bag groceries and they were kind of already had a conversation going on these like three ladies there and and um and there was something i don't know some about boy bands or whatever something kind of thing and then i heard one of them say something about she said what about the beatles she's like they were kind of like the first boy band thing and i was like and i was fine with that but then but she goes and the cashier says like she goes, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really get the Beatles. I don't know. I was never understood. I was like, what? what? I'm like, how do, you, like, how do you just dismiss all their their entire catalog like that? Like, it's like, even if you didn't care for the poppy stuff they started with, right? Like, I mean, like they've covered everything. There's, right. there's, there's all sorts of you know incredible music over there, and then, so I just don't understand how people just like dismiss like, nope, I don't like the Beatles. Yeah, I, I that's. I can't even begin to understand that yeah. frame of reference. Right. So, yeah. But hey, you know, yeah. to each and, his own. Right. Uh, so I was like, I really kind of wanted to like, you know, get into it and like, what, what, do, what does she like? What mix? But then I was like, oh, it's not worth it right now. <laughs> I'm like, I'll you know, just uh, get my groceries and go. Yeah. But, yeah. It was, uh, it was funny though. I'm just like, but that's how, that's how I feel like that's a lot of people though. Like they just, you know, I hear some, I was talking about the other day, it kind of gets me another, same same frame of mind people will like just just dismiss and i like country music and it's like country music is you know how are you going to dismiss an entire genre because you know it's like uh i get like if you maybe you don't like uh 
certain eras or whatever, you know, like this, especially that they still call today's music country music. When right. I don't agree with. Uh, I feel yeah. like there should be some sort of a new term, a new, new, uh, you know, subgenre yeah. of it or whatever. But a glittery uh, Nashville thing yeah. that's happening. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, you you know, what it, what is it about? Like, are you, do you not like, the, is it the, uh, you know, pedal steel? Is it the, you know, whatever, you know, it's like, I don't know. But it's just funny to me that people like, completely eliminate an entire you know genre of music because they, yeah you know, or something like that it's, they won't even get a try that is a big bucket you know if you're gonna say yeah. i don't like quote unquote country music yeah. that's that's the you know it's like you're kind of you, you kind of have to ask like what specifically are you referring to yeah exactly right. i mean i i'm not a huge fan of like modern modern country that's not my thing really yeah. but you know, if you're going to talk to me about let's let's talk about some uh, some Willie Nelson and some Texas outlaw country, yeah, that's cool stuff, sure. man. That's really cool stuff. If you're going to talk to me about um, you know Hank Williams, some of those some of those original guys, George Jones, that's really good stuff. Yeah, and you you know obviously you could broadly call all of that country in the mm-hmm. same way you could put anybody that's on the modern yeah. country list that I, you, you know but there's a lot of subgenres in there yeah exactly know, for sure yeah but i mean i've just you know there's the same country as an example but there's there's a lot of those kind of uh things people say like that like that just you know so yeah it kind of well, gets me you know rock and roll is is really that's become a, a term that that people are sort of defining uh for themselves these days you know it it and and I've got some thoughts on on that in general and kind of the state of things musically. It's like um, in the in the fifties and the sixties, you had a, a very small, finite set of source material, right? So, if if you wanted to to be a rock and roll artist, there wasn't a whole lot that you really needed to know. You know, there was there was a few other comps out there, and you could you know go banging away four chords and the truth. You know, there wasn't there wasn't a ton of material there already in the catalog, you know? So, you know, here we are how many years later, almost 60 years up the road. And, and now you, you look at that category and somebody uses a term like rock and roll, which, you know, I think there may be even a lot of uh, young people that, that feel like that term is irrelevant or doesn't even exist anymore. You know, there's so much, there's things like techno grunge out there now that (laughs) that somebody's like, I'm really into techno grunge. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But, um, you know, when you talk about, you look at the, the vast breadth of material there is starting from, you know, rocket 88, which is supposed to be the first rock and roll song in like whatever it was, 49 or 50 all the way up to now. Um, there is a lot of stuff that's under that umbrella. Sure. I mean, and you hear people nowadays even use that term and they'll say, Oh, I like rock and roll. And you find out they're referring to something like slipknot (laughs) and you're like, Oh, okay. Like, that's cool. If that's what that is for you. Um, or there, or maybe they're talking about Metallica and, and you, you know, you don't know that, but like someone else's definition of rock and roll is Chuck Berry, Chuck Berry. Yeah. Right. So, um, the thing for me is that, um, there is so much material here. I really kind of feel like rock and roll has gotten into a place where it's um, similar to where jazz was in the 50s and the 60s when when bebop was happening. Because now you have 60 years worth of material um, to look at, you know. And and jazz was that way at that point because you had you had traditional jazz, you know, like Dixieland things, and then you had like 
uh, club do hot and, and swing stuff like Django Reinhardt was doing. And then you had big band and then you had bebop and you had, and it, that was kind of happening that way. People at that time would say, you like jazz. We, you're like, okay, is that, are we talking about, right. you know, um, Django Reinhardt? Or are we talking about Charlie Parker? Like they're, they're really different things. Um, but jazz still endures because, um, there are collegiate programs out there that teach it, right? Um, you can go and get your degree. You know, there's there's jazz at Lincoln Center. You know, it, it's become it's become an academic thing. You know, rock and roll is in a place where there's that much material there. But if you really want to learn how to do it and do it well and get authentic with it and find your voice, there's a lot of material. There's a lot of homework that has to be done. You know, like you should figure out some Chuck Berry riffs. And then, you know, you're looking at, let's go into the 70s, and, and, and then there's Steely Dan, and they have, they have jazz influence. And then there's things that have reggae influence in them. And there's all these different little pieces in there. And it's really, really hard, I think, for anybody to at, at 19 or 20 years old to have sufficiently sat with all of this material and done enough homework on it and let the tea bag steep in the water enough to come up with a real artistic POV that, that sounds legit, Mm -hmm. you know, it's difficult. And, um, because they don't teach it at a collegiate level, you know, there's no rock and roll program that you can go to. That means that the only way that this music survives is that it has to have banner bearers. It's got to have acolytes right. who believe in it fervently and want to go and track this information down and learn it. You know, you, it, you have to. I mean, I know that there, that there are some people who would kind of say, well, that's not rock and roll at all. You know, rock and roll is plug it in, turn it up and go. It's four chords, bang it out. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think as an art form, it's it's developed beyond that now. It it almost is an academic right. um, uh, principle where you you there are things you need to understand about it, and there's there are certain amounts of information that you need to take in, in order to come out with something that that has validity and authenticity. And until you get to that point, you know it, it it's all just a little sketchy, you know. So I I f- I don't know that we're ever going to see a time again where there are, you know, 19, 20 year old rock bands that get it the way that the Beatles got it, that the way that the who got it, you know, because those guys didn't have this breadth of information that they had to really break down and assimilate. You know, it was their minds were pretty free and clear to run and do what they wanted. But, you know, as an art form, it's just gotten it's gotten really big. And, you know, I, that's just my feeling on it is that I, I feel like there is. There are people our age and maybe older who are are maybe just now getting to a point where we have um, we've assimilated enough of it and that it's it's been on the it's been on the burner long enough. Right. It's been simmering like, you know, a pot of gumbo and that the seasoning is getting right. You know, it, it just to me, it, that just takes a really long time. It takes longer now than it ever has in the history of the of the art form. So, you know, it's to me, I just I hope that we've got the right um, number of people out there who believe in it that way and want to pursue it as a discipline that way. Yeah. So and that's that's I'm going to go off my soapbox. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> right. 
I do feel like there's something to it all. Like, obviously, there's been a big shift with music and, you know, to the streaming. And I, I just feel like music's become so disposable today. Like, your songs, hit songs, like, they get hot, they're on the charts or whatever, and they're gone. And it's like people forget about them kind of thing. Like, I mean, and then every now and then come back around like and they were like oh yeah like you know it's like but we don't ha- like obviously we haven't seen it uh we don't have the res- you know longevity of it all but i'm saying like we still how well celebrated stuff like all these bands we mentioned like these these songs have been we're still people been singing these songs for 60 years and 70 years you know whatever and it's like yeah and uh you know there's i so said there's something about that that you know, I don't know. They're just like it's weaved into pop culture and everything else. Like it's just a part of who we are now. And so I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, ever going to happen again. Like the, we're going to have uh, that like kind of boom and music and rock and roll and everything again. But I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 hard to know. It, and you're you're right. It's you know the the staying power right. of, of a lot of modern music just kind of isn't there. Um, and it, it's, it seems to me like it, it has quite a bit to do with, um, you know, what we were talking about before. It's like, sometimes you, there's just not enough meat on the bone, you know, there's, it doesn't connect with people on a, on a personal enough level. And, yeah. you know, it's, um, I, I think you just gotta, you just gotta do the homework and, and, um, you know, check your musical lineage you know i i kind of i kind of relate it to like a, a musical multiverse like uh, coming from albums and and flipping over the record to see who wrote what you yeah, know yeah. you would always see those names like m morganfield on there right. you know you're like okay who's that so you go back and find that guy and then you go back and you find sun house yeah, you know, sure. before him and you go okay so now i'm not just listening to jimmy page's riff i'm listening to jimmy page's riff seen through the eyes of uh, of Willie Dixon seen through the eyes of Sun House. Right. Now you know all three of these riffs, like this one led to that one led to that one. Now you've got the ability to take that and, and make it your own. Right. You know, you're not just imitating one person. You 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 have the recipe there now. And you can play with it a little bit, you know. So I, I just feel like there's a lot of stuff out there that that lacks that now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I do feel uh that that's a lot of how I've learned a lot about music and is just going going backwards and like and and i'm a i'm a sucker for liner notes uh like is that and yep. re- reading uh who who played on these records and who wrote these lyrics and different things and, yeah me too um so yeah i um i don't know i feel like that's kind of i mean again with everything on streaming uh platforms and stuff it's kind of that whole physical aspect of holding a vinyl record and reading those things along with the while it's spinning on the needle and it's like it's just gone you know it's like it's there's there's people still keeping it alive but it's just not the not the normal anymore and stuff and so but i i'd like to I'd like to see um more of it come back around yeah you know it, it's tricky it, it's it's hard to understand it in some ways because when you look at the um uh, the the types of media uh, sales, you know what, what's physically been selling over the last several years. Vinyl is has exploded. Yeah, you know people are everybody's buying vinyl. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like 
It's interesting. There, there's an appetite. F- I really do believe that, that there is an appetite for it out there. The kind yeah. of music that we're talking about, the kind of rock and roll that we're talking about, but it's just in short supply, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I, I think anybody that, that, that figures it out and gets there and, and can just write a song that people want to turn up yeah. and put the windows down again. You know what I mean? Like it's that, it's that moment that I'm after. Sure. It's like, you know, you hear a lot of modern music and you listen to it and you're like, yeah, it's pretty good. But that moment where you go, yes. And, <laughs> and you put the windows down and like crank it way up. Right. That's when was the last time you heard a new song that made you want to do that? You know, mm, I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, there's like, I don't know about that exact thing, but yeah, there's locally, there's a lot that I get oh, really excited about. I mean, we have some really talented players around town. And that's like, true. Uh, I don't know, you know, and I don't know if it's so much as where I'm like, you know, but it, there's a lot of it I still love and I love cranking it up and getting, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I get what you're saying. It's just like, but yeah, it's uh, also uh, like, I think that's what keeps me being a fan though is like and chasing that like it's like because you you do like you had these moments whether it was you know hit you young or as an adult and stuff but like where and you maybe these songs entered your life or certain artists or whatever it is and it's like this is this is what I you know this, this is what I love music and for and stuff and like you you keep chasing that next you know thing that high like that, yeah. that whatever that ex, that those endorphins that uh and everything else that so you're like constantly wanting that a feeling again and like what the next great new thing is and stuff right. so right. Um, right that's what i love keeps me doing this show keeps me out going to concerts all the time trying to you know and I always show up early to catch the openers because like you said you, you never seeing dolls and everything else mm-hmm. you never know when you're when you're gonna discover something great like that and that you never knew before yeah. So. Yeah. 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 No. And and you you make a great point again about about just what a great, what an amazing music city we're we're blessed to live in. Right. You know, that's just there's so many good players and acts around town, and it's like right. uh, that's another thing. You know, I feel is that I in some ways I I feel like we we almost underrate ourselves. You know, we don't as a city musically. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool stuff going on here, and and. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, we, this is where Chuck Berry came from. Yeah. For goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think sometimes it's like, I think we almost maybe even take that for granted sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree, man. Yeah. I, uh, that was, uh, one of the other people I ended up meeting through all this was, uh, um, uh, just recently sat down with Charlie Berry the third. Oh, and, wow. Uh, I also met his dad that day. Uh, and, um, but just to get into, Kind of hang, talk to, uh, direct, uh, you know, connecting with Chuck and everything, getting to continue to share that. And, yeah, that's, uh, was pretty cool. So that's incredible. I yeah. share, I shared a property line for years with, uh, with Chuck Berry, uh, really? out here in Wentzville and nice. where I grew up and, uh, Barry Acres out there. And, and, uh, I never met him, but I, I, I did get to see him live twice in concert and that's cool um but, i never did unfortunately but i've been you know i get what you're saying like for me it was always kind of like oh there's chuck you know that's that's chuck's property and it's like it was just nothing i i, I feel like that's such a weird thing to say because <laughs> but like I, I you know i definitely like res- respect what he did for rock and roll and everything and his music and but it's just like 
again, it's kind of a, I had a weird perspective being that it was just your neighbor. It was just a guy. It was a neighbor kind of, right. you know, like kind of thing. So it was like, it's really strange, but, um, but yeah, I do feel like there's maybe some of that, like, but obviously, uh, he's, uh, it'd be weird to think about without him, you know, like what, 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 yeah. hit, what his impact on what is modern rock and roll and everything else, right. we, what everything we know. Right. I mean, as you know, it affected the whole planet. Yeah. You know? People sure. in, in every continent everywhere yeah. know him and love him. It's, you know, and it, it all started right here, Yeah, you know, but, um. I, I was actually uh, playing out the night that we we lost Chuck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, my my sound guy. Like stopped me in the middle of the in the set and like kind of kind of put his phone up to me and I could I saw the the headline. I'm like, oh uh, dude, yeah. And had the um, I, I guess uh, kind of the the I had to be the bummer in the room that night and I I announced that to everybody and um, but at the same time it was kind of like. You know, I, I don't know. I felt oddly honored to be able to be out and performing for some reason. Like when that happened, you know, I sure. felt like okay, I, I I'm getting a unique opportunity to honor him in a way that that's I'm I'm really proud of. So mm-hmm. that was kind of a cool moment. Yeah, yeah. I I um I made it a a point to um I took my um, mother in law with me and uh, we went to see Chuck at Blueberry Hill and and you know it was a realize you're seeing a living breathing piece of rock and roll history right there you know it's like yeah. uh, even if it wasn't quite the show that i wanted to experience as a fan but right, like right, it was right. still the fact that he was our you know well into his 80s and he was still doing this uh like was pretty remarkable that um so it was uh you know again uh, being just being uh in the same room was was a pretty wild experience so yeah um but yeah uh well joe it's been a uh, super cool, man. I'm really glad we got to do this today. I'm sure we could just keep talking rock and roll stories for, <laughs> for a couple hours at least. Uh, but, uh, I'm, sure. I'm really glad to, that we got to do this and you shared some of this with me. And, um, uh, again, uh, find the record, uh, at level best available on the, uh, uh, uh Joe Schaefer one dot bandcamp.com. Yeah. Is the address, it. right? That's it. Yep. And you can find me on Spotify as well. There's yeah. a, couple things up there that are are not on the record so you know you can check out a little bit of extra and um, i'm hoping um depending on on where we're at with um you know if i kind of sell through the rest of the product well i'd like to probably record a couple more uh tunes um this year and maybe maybe see about doing a a vinyl reissue with a couple extras on there towards the end of the end of the year but uh, i'd love to love to record more and get stuff out there yeah man yeah hopefully we get Papa's Rock and Roll coming soon and everything else. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what's next for you. Right on, right on. Um, but yeah, man, thank you again. And uh, I say we do this again soon, man. This was yeah. fun. Shane, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And um, I, I hope uh, hope everybody enjoys the record. Thanks, Joe. Right on. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.